0: H-E-L-P sober. It's easy to fall into the trap that your drinking will get better over time, that you're just going through a phase or you're just leaning on alcohol. And if only things in your life would improve, then you wouldn't have to drink so much. And that's what I thought, too. So in this episode, I'm explaining the progression from when I was sober curious to when I developed a full out problem and why your drinking gets worse over time and not better. So let's dig in. sober curious two years into my drinking when I was 24. I had noticed that my tolerance doubled within a short period of time, and I was getting drunk and blacking out multiple times a week, even on work nights. I blamed my stressful teaching job on why I had to drink so much, but deep down, I was already starting to worry if I was an alcoholic. This is when I started trying to moderate my drinking. So if you're on that path or you want to laugh, then go listen to episode 150 after this for 15 strategies that I tried to moderate my drinking and recommended episodes are always in the show notes if you forget. So over time, I tried mocktails, making rules, alternating with water, but I could not get my drinking under control. Three years into being sober curious, I took a one-week break to prove that I wasn't an alcoholic, because obviously since it wasn't that hard to take a break, it meant that I was fine, and then I would eventually take a 90-day break to attempt to cure myself. The problem is, all the time when I was sober curious and not getting any support, my drinking was progressing. I was doing it alone, and I was trying the same moderation rules over and over again. I thought that no one was like me, and other people wouldn't be able to understand me. After my 90-day break, I was able to moderate for two months, and this isn't uncommon. Sometimes after an extended break, you can control it or only drink a little for a bit. But as soon as I had an opportunity to make an excuse, I was right back to normal drinking. For me, we went on vacation and that was my opportunity. And I thought, I'll just drink the way I want to. And then I'll go back to moderation when I get home. So I drink every day. And I was immediately back to where I started. I lost all control over my drinking again, and I couldn't skip a day after that. And I see this a lot in my community too, a very fast progression back to problematic drinking. And some people will even make this transition in one day. I quit drinking on November 9th, 2019. And a couple weeks before on Halloween, I noticed that I had chugged a bottle of wine in under two hours. It was completely mindless, and I remember being shocked when I noticed it. That wine was supposed to last me the whole night, but it didn't even make it to dinner time. I got super drunk that night and I cried at the dining room table alone all night. I wasn't a chugger in the beginning, but our drinking progresses over time and it gets worse. I convinced myself that it was my stressful job or my husband's fault, but it was just the way that I drank. And because I didn't get any support and I kept myself in denial, it kept getting worse and worse until I had to do something about it. A 2021 study published in Neuropsychopharmacology looked at rhesus monkeys for 12 to 14 months. They had three groups, males who had open access to alcohol for a year, females who had open access to alcohol for a year, and males who had open access to alcohol for 14 months, followed by three-month cycles of forced abstinence. So they were sober for a month, then given open access to alcohol again, then sober for another month, and so on. After this time period, their brains were studied to look for long-term changes. And there were a few interesting outcomes. In the first two groups who both had open access for a year and no forced abstinence, the only difference here was in sex. So male versus female. Monkeys naturally divided themselves into different groups. So for males, most were low drinkers, only consuming a small amount. And then there were two small groups of binge drinkers or heavy drinkers. And for females, it was similar. Most were low drinkers. However, the other females either became heavy drinkers or very heavy drinkers. And I think this is really interesting. And I've talked before about how men and women process alcohol differently. Women's brains are more sensitive to alcohol and it can change our brains faster than men. Women also don't process alcohol as well as men do. So it stays in our bodies longer and is able to do more damage. And you see this a lot with anxiety. Women are more sensitive to the rewarding effects of alcohol, so it feels like it helps our anxiety a lot more, which then reinforces why you need alcohol to cope with anxiety. This wasn't the only interesting outcome from this study, though. So remember, there were three groups. The third group were males who were given open access to alcohol for 14 months followed by three periods of forced abstinence for a month with open access in between. And remember, after 12 months of open access, the males split into mostly low drinkers with some binge or heavy drinkers. After 14 months of open access, they split into about 25% low drinkers, 25% very heavy drinkers. 10% 10% heavy drinkers and about 40% binge drinkers. So, this already shows how drinking progresses, but this isn't actually the interesting part. They were forced to be abstinent for a month and go through withdrawal and then given open access to alcohol again. After this period, only about a third of them were either low drinkers or binge drinkers. Heavy drinkers had increased from about 10% of the group to 25% and very heavy drinkers increased from about 25% of the group to about 35 to 40% of the group. I'll have a picture on my website if you're interested in seeing this figure, and if you're listening to this episode when it's released, then I'll also send out this picture in my weekly email, so links for everything are in the show notes. So then, this group was forced to be sober for another month, and then given open access to alcohol again. And at the end of the open access period, their drinking had progressed again. Now, only 10% were low drinkers. About 40% were very heavy drinkers, which was the same as the previous round, but heavy drinkers increased from about 25% to 50% of the group and there were no binge drinkers anymore. So they were progressing from binge drinking to daily heavy or very heavy drinking. And unfortunately, they didn't have a fourth group with all females. I think that would have been very interesting to see how drinking progresses with forced abstinence and withdrawal periods for females. But the point here is very clear. We think that we can put off dealing with our drinking because it'll get better on its own. We blame our stressful jobs, our kids, our spouses, and our circumstances for our drinking. I used to think, if only I didn't have so much work stress, then I wouldn't have to drink this much. I even went so far as changing my career from being a teacher to working in a lab in biotech, all to try to change my drinking. And this temporarily helped, but it obviously didn't fix my problem or I wouldn't be having this podcast. Alcohol causes a burst in dopamine release, but when the researchers took a look at the brains of these monkeys, they found that chronic heavy drinking caused a decrease in dopamine release. To me, this represents the tolerance that we build with drinking and how we're never satisfied with the amount that we drink. If you release less dopamine when you drink, then that amount of alcohol is less rewarding than it normally would be. So you have to drink more to chase the same effect that you were getting previously. Multiple periods of withdrawal impacts this too, and then further decreases the amount of dopamine that your brain releases when you drink. I'm going to discuss more about multiple cycles of withdrawal next week and how going back and forth many times makes it harder to quit drinking and harder to recover when you quit drinking. So make sure that you're following this podcast so you don't miss that episode. Remember, the female-only group had some differences in their drinking and they also had differences in their brains. Because they were drinking so much alcohol, their brains seemed to become less sensitive to dopamine, similar to building up a tolerance. The researchers concluded that this could decrease the synaptic plasticity of the brain, meaning the ability for the brain to form new connections. This has a major impact on our ability to quit and stay sober because the different areas of our brain need to communicate with each other to send messages, process information, and make good decisions. If your brain can't form new connections, then you're less able to adapt and change. And the ability to adapt, to learn from your experiences, and to change is required for staying sober. There are even worse implications of this too. This dopamine adaptation can make us more sensitive to cues to drink because cues release dopamine. The example that I always go to is when you're at the bar and you order a drink. You start to feel relaxed or happy or you're instantly having more fun even though you didn't get any alcohol yet. And this is because the anticipation of getting a reward causes dopamine to be released too. And over time, the adaptation strengthens the associations that we have with alcohol, like that it's required to celebrate, unwind, go on vacation, socialize, and more. These all cause cravings when you try to quit. This adaptation can cause more severe cravings too. And the more intensely that you're craving alcohol, the harder it is to redirect and not drink it. It takes time for alcohol-induced changes in the brain to happen, but it seems like the more we go back and forth, the more we accelerate the process. What I want you to understand from this episode and from my story is that changing your life circumstances may help your drinking a little bit, but it's not going to fix it. We drink the way that we drink, and that's not going to change. Addiction is progressive. And the longer that you go without getting support, the more you're going to progress through the stages until your consequences become so severe that you're forced to face them. I want you to understand that you can't go backwards. Maybe your drinking can get a little bit better for a bit, but it's just dormant. It hasn't been fixed. Once you cross the line into problematic drinking, you can't go back. So if you've been putting off addressing your drinking, now is the time. Don't wait until things get so bad that your life blows up with consequences before you do something about it. Dabble in some sober support. You don't have to do this alone. And I will talk to you next week.